Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Rick Uccino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. I'll tell you what. You need to find someone in your life who will talk about you the way that Edge talks about Beth Phoenix. That is true love right there. I'll talk about SP3 that way. He's my main man. He is the best sports journalist in the business, hands down. My dude, always here with me. And you're the scoopster, Rick Uccino. I am not. The scoopster. I don't scoop. I scoop. Everybody's I in your DMs for I the am scoop. scoopless. Boy, I have never gotten more, like, engagement on a tweet, especially in my DMs, than I did Monday morning. The tweet we're going to talk about. Follow me on Twitter, by the way, at Rick Uccino, R-I-C-K-U-C-C-H-I-N-O. For everybody who is listening on the podcast, whether that be – Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio app, Spotify, or if you're watching here on the Believe in Pro Wrestling YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button while you're there. You can see it, how it's spelled right there. Follow me on Twitter. Follow this man as well, at TrueHeelSP3, spelled T-R-U. H-E-E-L-S-P, and then the number three. Uh, Make sure to follow us on those socials there. And again, yes, please subscribe to the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast YouTube channel. Yeah, so WrestleVotes, uh, which is a uh, an insider, an actual scoopster, uh, Twitter account, uh, made some headway on Monday afternoon talking about, I'll, I'll go ahead and read it right here. Had one had more than one source this weekend without me directly asking state that they believe WWE will try for an unexpected forbidden door entrant for the men's Royal Rumble. Says he's personally skeptical that it happens, but I can confirm that WWE is at least open to the idea, which is exciting enough. And of course, that sent everybody into a tizzy. I got everybody throwing out tweets left and right saying, oh, my God, oh, could you imagine if it's could you imagine if it's Cody Rhodes? Could you imagine if it's Kenny Omega? This, that, and the other. The, the ones that most were ob- the most obvious that got thrown out there were obviously Brian Danielson, Chris Jericho, John Moxley, guys who have ties to WWE that left on good terms from the company that WWE would trust enough to to put in there. Who says it's AEW, by the way? It could very well be NWA. It could be somebody from from Impact. It could be a Ring of Honor signee. Who knows? It could be any one of those promotions. But the fact that we're sitting here talking about it in and of itself, SP3, is exciting enough. It's almost like WWE listened to our show over the weekend where you said, hey, we got to find a way to build some intrigue for this men's Royal Rumble match. And then they're like, oh, go go leak this to, to WrestleVotes. Go ahead. Go go on and go leak this for me. They're listening to you, SP3. They're listening to you. As everybody should on the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. I do agree. Um, but yeah, uh, they were able to get some intrigue through this little report here. And to answer your question of you know, uh, why people are just automatically assuming it's the Chris Jericho's, it's the Brian Danielson's, the, you know, the people that had had the new shipment of Tegrity Farms weed think it's going to be CM Punk. Um, So, you know, why are they saying all these names? Because honestly, let's be honest here, this ain't the Women's Royal Rumble. This is the Men's Royal Rumble match. Yep. If it ain't from AEW, it ain't worth the hype. It Correct. ain't worth the hype at all. There is no one. And I mean no one in Impact, in NWA, in, I mean, in New Japan, there is a couple of guys. But, like, it's nothing like it would be for anyone, literally anyone that is a top star from AEW to appear at the Royal Rumble. Yes, Okada can show up, and that would be awesome. That would be great. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, that would be amazing. But it just wouldn't be the same impact as even like a Chris Jericho or 
or MJF, who has no affiliation with WWE, it just would it would be a nice like sampler, a tester to see how how over and how known he really is. If he shows up on WWE and he gets a reaction, that tells me that this bidding war of 2024 is not just something that he's using to get heat on his character. It's something that has actual legs behind it if he gets a reaction at the Royal Rumble. So there's many different ways they can go about it. But yeah, I, like many others, am going to assume that if it's one that they're calling unexpected, if they're calling something that, you know, is worthy of this hype and this talk that this tweet got, it has to be from AEW. Or it doesn't really, it's not going to be, it's not going to be worth the hype. It's going to be one of the Dixie Carter TNA announcements. I am, I am so glad that we are on the same page on this. And I'll go a step further. It, it not only does it have to be somebody from AEW, but it has to be somebody specific from aew and i mentioned all these people that were you know blowing up twitter saying oh well it has to be you know chris jericho i saw somebody bring up christian i saw somebody brought up big show to me and i'm just sitting here going okay yeah those are all like options but do any of those guys even the chris jericho's or you know do any of those guys like move the needle as far as like wwe is concerned on the royal rumble to me it, it really doesn't it really doesn't at all. If I want unexpected, there, there, a guy that I would never imagine in a million years that would show up in the Royal Rumble. The, the, there's one clear and obvious answer that I didn't see a lot of people, maybe one person who hit me up. And this is the tweet that I, that I alluded to earlier, that SP3 alluded to earlier. I said, look, guys, there's one obvious name that you're missing. And you, sir, you already said him. Kind of stole my thunder just a little bit. I was hoping you would forget him as well. There's one obvious answer that makes so much damn sense to show up in the Royal Rumble and really make headlines, and it's MJF. There is no doubt in my mind if WWE is trying to pull off the most unexpected name out there and really make headway with this thing you t it's mjf if you can talk tony khan into letting mjf compete in the royal rumble that is the move to make could you imagine if this man let's just say number 26 27 something like that the clock ticks down to zero and his freaking music hits and i guarantee you he will get a reaction people will sit there and say well the casuals don't really know mjf guys look at the ratings all right there's not a whole lot of casuals left out there yeah. it's it's literally just the wrestling audience that's watching these shows now okay he will get a reaction and could you imagine if he goes out there and has a microphone and starts cutting a promo on the audience and the dude's battling it out in the ring and says i'm here to prove that I can main event WrestleMania like CM Punk never did and just watch the world explode. And if you're Vince, you would eat that up because one, you get to shit on CM Punk. I mean, that's just an added bonus. That is just an added bonus to put MJF over on CM Punk. All right, just an extra added bonus. But that, that, to me, would create the headlines. That would create the most heat. And if you could pull it off, not only would I do it, I'd damn near have him win the freaking thing. I would have him in the final three with whomever your actual winner is going to be, Braun Breaker and MJF. Those would be my final three, and I would have Breaker toss out MJF and then set up the showdown like, oh, my God, is it is it Breaker's time? Kind of like when Roman Reigns finished second for the first time and everybody was losing their minds like, oh, my God, they're, they're going to they're gonna pull the trigger back when people were actually excited about Roman Reigns before they shoved him down our throats. Um, because that was, you remember a year later when he wins the damn thing and the crowd hated it. So it's amazing how they can change everything. But this would be a smart business decision for Vince for a number of reasons. One, it's going to create headlines. Two, it's going to create buzz. But if WWE is really, really interested in signing this guy, and they should be, because he's at, what, 24, 25? 
he's already the best true heel SP3 in the entire business. Nobody gets the reactions like MJF does. Nobody is as hated as MJF is. The crowd loves to hate this man. Has people legit jumping the barricade to get to the ring to try to get to him on more than one occasion. That is so valuable in today's wrestling. There is no doubt in my mind that WWE is interested in signing this guy. So if you can get him over while he's still under contract with AEW and you can kind of pull a legal tampering move here, you can whine him, you can dine him, you can give him some fantastic booking in the Royal Rumble and show him what it's like to be one of the, the, the top guys in WWE even for a weekend and he gets you those headlines and the reactions. Oh, yeah, that that bidding war for 2024, it's going to be more than a, than a catchy little phrase for, for MJF. That's going to be the real deal. This is a very smart move if Vince can pull it off. If I'm Tony Khan, on the other hand, ain't no way in hell I'm letting MJF. Exactly. That's why I'm like, I'm, I'm looking at this whole thing like this doesn't make any sense for AEW to do. This benefits MJF. This benefits WWE in a way. But I think you're, you're missing one big point. WWE wants MJF. I doubt Vince McMahon knows who MJF is. And like, no matter who MJF is feuding with, Vince McMahon's way of being petty to someone like CM Punk is not ever acknowledging that man ever on WWE television again, not having someone from another company come in and promote the guy and say his name. Vince feels no matter what the person says, if it's, if it's, if it's CM Punk sucks, CM Punk lost in MMA, it doesn't matter. The fact that CM Punk's name is being said, you are helping CM Punk. Vince don't want that. This isn't. That's not how Vince thinks. Wear your Vince hat when you think of these things, and you mention Vince and Kennedy McMahon. Wear your Vince hat. Vince don't know who MJF is, and Vince don't care about buzz and people talking. He cares oh, about God, money. He, he cares about money. He but if it, if it, if it leads if it leads to money. MJF coming for one appearance at the Royal Rumble does not lead to money, especially if it's a surprise. They don't promote it. That therefore nobody's gonna go out and buy the Peacock Network to see MJF in the Royal Rumble, if especially if it's a surprise. This does not make sense from Visic Man's point of view or from an AEW point of view. If it, if you are WWE, you need to be going after an AEW star that has a connection with WWE because at the end of the day, it's the people in WWE that come to Vince McMahon with the idea. And if you come to Vince McMahon, like, we got AEW's MJF, he's going to be like, um... What? What was like? I didn't know my lawyer from uh, up north is a wrestler in AEW. If you come to visit, man, with we got AEW's John Moxley when you got Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns in a Universal Championship matchup, he's like, "Oh, I like this. I can, I can put this at the beginning of the middle of the card and have them have an interaction in the back." And John's about and, and Dean's about to come out. Like he can, he will work with that. Not MJF. I just don't see it. I. Do not for one second believe that Vince McMahon doesn't know who MJF is. I 100% believe that. He doesn't watch any. He, we know for a fact that everyone in their mama that is close to Vince McMahon have said that he does not watch any other promotion. That if you come into his company, he does not know if you who you are. And if that man did not know who AJ Styles was in 2016, he don't know who MJF is in 2022. I just, I don't know how much... I can buy that. And here's the other thing. John Moxley coming in. Yeah, that would make total sense if if Reigns and Rollins were actually in, you know, the Royal Rumble. Now, if you want to pull off two actual like two surprise appearances and have Moxley show up in that universal title match and be the guy who costs Roman or whatever, I don't care. That makes some sense. And that's actually something that I wouldn't mind seeing. And we know how WWE loves to shoot their wad over the shield. So, yeah, I could buy that that would actually happen. But Daniel Daniel Bryan or Chris Jericho or Big Show or anybody else showing up in the Royal Rumble, that does nothing for me. It just it just doesn't. I'm sorry. I've seen it. I want to see something that I haven't seen before. And if we want to go with unexpected, if we want to go with – and here's the other thing. 
what is WWE focusing on right now, right this second? They're focusing on the future. I, I have to believe their scouts are well aware of who MJF is and are going to be trying to pitch this yes. man about yes, who this but that's is not and why Vince, he's so damn big right now. That's not why what Vince is going to And why it would behoove him to pull this kid in to talk with him. It makes too much damn sense because you have a chance at this Royal Rumble if you pull in a guy like MJF, whom you hope to sign in 2024, a lot of people whom hope to sign in 2024, you could you could set up your future. You could have Braun Breaker and MJF as two of the finalists in the freaking Royal Rumble this year and tell people, look, these are the guys to get invested in because both these guys are going to be top stars for WWE for years to come. You hope that you can pull MJF in. I'm saying that's the way... I would go. That's the way I would go. I'm not sitting here saying that it's going to happen or that's how Vince thinks. I'm just saying if you actually want to look at the landscape of professional wrestling now and focus on the future, yeah, this is the guy you bring in and it's a freaking slam dunk. And you know what else would this would do? This maybe would kind of help bridge the gap here a little bit and maybe end some of this tribalism BS if WWE and AEW were actually able to work together and do something that was fun, like MJF cutting a promo on CM Punk and just going, hey, guys, it's wrestling. It's not that serious. There's oh, not they this... Don't, they don't care about any tribalism. Honestly, honestly, they care They they care more about that chatter than any type of positive chatter that they don't get. They don't care enough to, to make the tribalism start, stop. And I got a better person for you. If you want to bring in a young star from AEW and you want to bring in a young star that will translate to Vince McMahon, that Vince McMahon will be like, I see the star potential in him. Guess what? It ain't MJF. No matter what, MJF, he, yes, he checks all the boxes in what WWE should be looking for in a WWE superstar. But you know what Vince McMahon's looking for in a WWE superstar? That mainstream crossover potential. And if you come to him and say, we got AEW's own Luke Perry's son. Don't even say the name. Just say, we got, we got Dylan McKay's son. He's going to be like, for a rally? Oh, my God. Not only is he a... Is he a celebrity son? The celebrity passed away, so we get to we we get to do two of the my our favorite things in that celebrity connections and taking advantage of grief to to put sympathy on a character. Oh my god! Oh, bring me this Jungle Boy. If Jungle Boy or Darby Allen, for that matter were to show up in the Royal Rumble, I guarantee you they would only be there to see how far Omos could chuck them. That is so it so with MJF. <laughs> I'm telling you, it don't matter. Like if it's someone that doesn't have a WWE connection, that is the likely the likely result for them in the Royal Rumble. It only makes sense. I mean they're not gonna a... win it. Clearly Vince is not gonna have somebody from yeah, another company win. No. Clearly. No, I would buy Mickey James winning just because of her actual like contract status where she's not like a full time performer. And I know, again, AEW contracts are, are weird. They're allowed to go work other places, which is the only reason why this is actually even remotely feasible uh, that this could actually happen. But I buy Mickey James of anybody being one of the forbidden door people to win the Rumble. Nobody who's coming in in the men's Royal Rumble unless they work for WWE is winning this damn thing. It's just, it's not, it's not. Man, I I'm, I'm going to love looking back on this conversation when it's Matt Cardona is the forbidden door entrance. In no, the men's it's possible. Rumble, you know, and that's the thing, man. It's, if it's somebody obvious, if it's somebody that's been there before, it's going to fall flat on their face. And this report kind of getting out, if this is the start of trying to build up some underground hype. And again, we're all building this up in our minds. It could end up being nobody. Because again, this this is just the fact that they're trying. But if I'm looking toward building the future and I'm Vince, I'm bringing MJF in on a tryout that could also be very beneficial and make some headlines for the Royal Rumble. That's the direction I'm going. Vince is probably going to bring in Christian so he can do a brood entrance with Edge. And we might also get Gangrel because reasons. Actually, I'm not going to lie. I would I would really pop for one more one more brood entrance i wouldn't mind actually I, I would i would really really pop for that um we do have to talk about monday night raw uh 
We'll agree to disagree on the quality of Monday Night Raw last night. But there were some newsworthy headlines. We have new Raw Tag Team Champions. Alexa Bliss did return in some way, shape, or form. Uh, she is go- undergoing therapy right now. And MJF, or excuse me, MJF, SP3, the other the other three-letter three uh, person that we're talking about here, SP3, is going to get some time at the end of the show to gloat. I'm going to give him a solid two minutes to gloat about something that he tried to warn y'all. He tried to. But you didn't listen to this man. And Sid, what do they need to do? They need to listen to you. They need to tiss. T-I-S. Trust in Sid. We will get to that. But first things first, it is time to answer the five count. The five biggest questions coming out of Monday. And we'll start with branching off of our conversation here a little bit. We could argue all day long about who it should be and who it's going to be. On a scale of 1 to 10, Sid, how much should fans get their hopes up that WWE actually pulls off a major surprise in the Rumble? And by major surprise, I mean what you said. An AEW superstar. The unthinkable. An AEW male superstar showing up in the WWE Royal Rumble. On a scale of 1 to 10, how confident should fans be that they get this done? 1.75 they should be excited and that and have their hopes up that wwe will pull off a major surprise because like i always say having your expectations up with wwe is a deadly combination ladies and gentlemen so i am just trying to temper expectations if we have it down here and they give us a matt cardona that's like a three. That's I should have said three, but I'm saying 1.75. So at least they are exceeding our expectations here. So if we have it at the 1.75, anything above Matt Cardona is should be considered a major pull-off. So hey, I'll go with that. I'm going to be cautiously optimistic because there's part of me that wants to believe that this report doesn't get out there if there's not a decent chance that they pull something off. Where my rating drops is based on the excitability factor of it. Because, again, for me, I want to see somebody in there that I haven't seen before. I would pop to see MJF show up. I would pop to see Jungle Boy show up, even though I don't expect him to have a, a long standing. Again, Omos, chuck him 20 feet into the crowd. That's that's the expectation there. Darby Allen, I would pop for. Somebody that I have not seen in a WWE ring on a big stage before. That would get me excited and be like, oh, damn, I can't believe they pulled that off. If they do pull it off, it's going to be Jericho. It's going to be Brian Danielson. It's going to be Big Show. I'm putting this at a three. I'm, I'm putting it at a three. And that's me being cautiously optimistic. And I think even at that point, three, that's not that big of a ledge if nobody shows up. It, it, it's really not. We're going to get some legends. Fingers crossed we get Jimmy Wang Yang. But, you know, there, there's going to be some surprises there. Somebody's going to beat the hell out of Johnny Knoxville. It's still going to be a uh, a good Royal Rumble. What? Oh God! I just, my mind's been blown. I realize who is going to be oh, the no. legend to end all legend returns. Okay. D Low Brown. Oh, I would pop. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. That is the exception to the rule for me. If it's D Low Brown, I am. You dealing with, especially if you get, they get the theme song, you're dealing with the real deal now. Ooh, oh my God. Oh, for a, I would for a second so there, much. for a second there, when your eyes lit up, I thought you were going to say Hook. I mean, that would be awesome, but, you know, Hook is too big time for WWE. So, oh, he's, he, 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 you, would, can, you, can, you, can, you can find Hook in the club, bottom for the bump. <laughs> that boy is living his best life. That is for. Damn sure. If you don't know what we're talking about, just log on to Twitter. It will be there. We do appreciate you guys uh, listening, uh, whether it be on the uh, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever podcasts are available, this show is available. And again, make sure to uh, click on our YouTube channel, subscribe. We got some good stuff in the works coming up. Uh, of course, our flagship show, this program, will always be there on the Believe in Pro Wrestling 
uh, YouTube channel. So make sure to click that subscribe button. We've already gotten up to 45, 50 subscribers within like the first day of this thing being like officially fully built. So we really, really uh, appreciate you guys. Uh, we seem to have a clear picture for the Universal Championship heading into WrestleMania now. It was confirmed Seth Rollins is going to challenge for the Universal Championship. He will take on Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. And Sid, we called this one. Uh, it would have been very, very easy for them to do some kind of an angle where Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville said, hey, look, you got screwed over so much heading into day one. We're going to give you this opportunity. It would have been very easy to do that. They didn't do that. At least they just had Seth Rollins say, hey, I work the backstage politics on my own, and that's all you need to know. Okay, what happens behind closed doors stays behind closed doors. Whatever. It has set this up. But a, um, a, a, I don't know if upset Big E or, you know, I don't know how to describe his mood heading into the evening, but Big E interrupts Seth Rollins on Monday Night Raw, says, look, I hope you beat Roman because I'm entering into the Royal Rumble, and then I'm going to take that Universal Championship away from you at WrestleMania after I win the damn thing. They then had a match where Big E lost clean as a sheet to Seth Rollins, which does not happen often. Big E getting pinned one, two, three clean. It's happened with Brock Lesnar and now Seth Rollins. But the way that the dominoes have been set up here, it almost seems like this might be the match that we do get at WrestleMania. So I will ask you, Sid, are you buying or selling Big E as the Royal Rumble favorite right now, challenging Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship at WrestleMania? I would say that Big E is a favorite to win the Royal Rumble. And before tonight, I would have said, yeah, uh, him versus Seth Rollins for one of the world titles at WrestleMania makes sense because there has to be a reason why WWE, you know, didn't give us that matchup at day one after, you know, promoting it. And it seemed like that was the direction they were going on. They wanted, they put in Kevin Owens and it seemed like Kevin Owens was just going to be in there to take the fall. They put in Bobby Lashley because Bobby Lashley got hot and then they put in Brock Lesnar and then and Brock Lesnar won. So yeah. I Big E is one of the favorites because you would think that WWE wants to put back momentum on him. He is a top baby face in the company. And what commentary got across uh, during his matchup with Seth Rollins is they're telling a story of him kind of losing his confidence ever since losing the WWE championship. So it made it makes sense that they complete the story at the Royal Rumble and he regains his confidence, wins the Royal Rumble to go to WrestleMania then why the hell did you do this match tonight? And why the hell did you give them like 15 minutes? I did that. No, if this was, if this is the plan, then I, tonight was a misstep in the plan. Because if this is your WrestleMania matchup, I'm sorry, it was a good match, but it was a good match that went too long. And what did not have a hot crowd behind it. That, that crowd was kind of dead for mo a majority of that matchup. So that did not make me optimistic that we will get a better match at WrestleMania. So yes, before tonight, after tonight, I'm thinking maybe they don't go in this direction and they go with my idea is keep the titles on Brock and Roman to make them defend the titles on day one and then champion versus champion on day two. I'm not buying that idea at all i think right now i would buy all of this biggie winning the royal rumble challenging seth rollins for the universal championship uh at wrestlemania i think they have pivoted to get the universal title on raw they're gonna put it on seth rollins there there was that report again conflicting reports about what was actually supposed to happen at day one before uh, Roman Reigns tested positive for COVID-19 and Brock uh, was the monkey wrench that got thrown into all those plans. But there were reports that Seth Rollins was supposed to win the title at day one, which means he would have been WWE champion heading into WrestleMania season. Very conceivable that they could just say, all right, well, we'll find a way to screw Roman out of it. Probably Brock Lesnar getting involved. Maybe John Moxley. Who knows? Forbidden doors open now. Um, they find a way to put the Universal Championship on Seth Rollins and they'll just continue with whatever plans that were there. So I buy him being the universal champion. And right now I'll buy Big E as the Royal Rumble favorite just for the simple fact of out of the 10 guys that are listed, 
Yeah, he's the, he's, he's the only one. He's the only candidate yeah. to actually win out of the 10 guys that are listed right now. So it does seem as though this is the direction that they're heading. A lot of time between now and April 2nd. So a lot of things can change. I mean, Kofi Mania wasn't officially the plan until like what, March uh, before that actually went down in, in, in 2019. So anything could change between now and then. I will say that they can at least go back on this match because I, gar- I, I agree with everything you said, but at least they can go back on this match and and use this as some history as to why Big E, why Seth Rollins would say Big E has no chance of actually beating him and kind of browbeat that that confidence a little bit in, in Big E and say, look, man, you couldn't beat me on, on a regular match on Monday Night Raw. How the hell are you going to beat me on the biggest stage of them all at WrestleMania 38 in Dallas, Texas? This is my night to shine. You've never even won a damn match at WrestleMania. That's a story that I can buy into. That's a story that would get me hyped up for that. Does that mean WWE actually even knows that Big E hasn't won a match at WrestleMania? I highly doubt it because they don't pay attention to things like that. But Seth Rollins pays attention to things like that. And I know Big E knows that stat because I was the one who told him about that stat. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I brought that up to you. I really am. But I will buy all of this uh, as of right now. Uh, We do know who is our Raw Women's Challenger. Pretty good main event. I thought uh, that there were a couple of spots there where it didn't kind of mesh up a little bit. But overall, I was into this matchup. Dewdrop, as I called over the weekend, did win this match. She will go on to face Becky Lynch at the Royal Rumble because whomever got this match was going to lose anyway. So you might as well give us something different. That was my rationale. They went there. But it was what happened at the end of the match where it seemed like Bianca Belair had this thing won, and then Big Time Bex, who was on the commentary table, came into the ring, broke up the pinfall, took Bianca to the outside, knocked her down, allowing Dewdrop to hit the splash and win over Lib Morgan. So clearly there is still some story there. There is some meat on the bone. There are plans in the works, SP3, for Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch down the road. So I will ask you, because you were very, very adamant about this not happening. Are you willing to admit that Bianca Belair is getting her rematch against Becky Lynch at WrestleMania 38? No, no. This was just because we saw the first instant of them even teasing that this could potentially happen down the road does not make me think it's going to happen at WrestleMania when we got two pay-per-views between now and WrestleMania. Just because she's not getting the shot at the Royal Rumble doesn't mean that she's going to win the Royal Rumble match and first Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. Doesn't mean she's going to win the Elimination Chamber to first Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. But I will say that was the first instinct that they gave us something. Because like I said before, the reason why I was saying I was very adamant against this happening, they hadn't give us any indication that it would. But that was cool. And I will give you credit for being right about Dewdrop. Sometimes I just deny or disagree with you because sometimes your ideas are far-fetched. And then other times... Your ideas are just so bad that I don't want them to happen. And this is one of those instincts. Did you hear that crowd? That crowd that I said the majority of the night was dead when Dewdrop and Becky Lynch had a physical altercation after the match. Man, oh my God. Like, my daughter thought I turned off the TV. Like, 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 like she grabbed the remote was about to turn on Peppa Pig because she thought the TV was off. Like she would like it was What was dead. your daughter doing up at 11:05 at night? She took a nap late and then <laughs> I, 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 I had to follow up question I got. Yeah, yeah. Your kids it, doing it, up at 11. It's, it's a, it was a long night. My wife is mad that I'm recording this right now, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> but I take that sacrifice for all of you. Because, man, like that, that, oh my God, Dewdrop winning, I was just like, man, they really did what Rick did, what Rick said. Like, sometimes his ideas are far-fetched, but they're good. This is a bad idea, and they, they would, like, this is not a good idea. You have a heel who doesn't get a heel reaction in Becky Lynch versus 
a heel who is not over. Like, it's just like, that's not the best combination, ladies and gentlemen. It's just not. Here's the thing. I... I'm still excited for the match as a wrestling guy because I know what Piper Niven can do in the ring. I know what Becky can do in the ring. And honestly, this kind of a match intrigues me because I want to see what Becky, who is one of the the best in-ring performers in WWE, I want to see what she comes up with in a match against Piper Niven, who is three times her damn size. So I'm intrigued by how this is going to shake out at the Royal Rumble. I absolutely 1000% believe that Becky Lynch will find a way to win. I really just hope it's not with a roll up with her grabbing the rope. Can we come up with a better finish than that, please? But I do agree with you on paper, the way that WWE has booked this. And again, the, the, when I criticize, it's never the talent themselves. It's the positions that they have been put in on paper. This match makes no sense because you do have heel big time Bex going up against heel do drop and nobody's buying into do drop as a serious competitor. And I believe it has a thousand percent to do with her name. Can we stop with the do drop BS and please just I'm call her Piper Niven and, and the spirit fingers. Can we please just go I, back to I mean, Piper Niven? I, I will say that Becky Lynch is one of the better in-ring performers in the women's division, but she's not the type of in-ring performer that I think would have a good mat, a great match with uh, Dewdrop. And she's never been the type of performer that can have great matches with performers that hadn't had great matches before then. I give you Exhibit A being her series of matches with Lacey Evans. Um, I'm not saying that Dewdrop is on the same level or skill level of uh, Lacey Evans. I actually think Dewdrop is better, but Dewdrop hasn't had that great match or really good match that people can stand out on the on the main roster. And this is a huge opportunity for her, so I hope that it goes well. I'm just not that optimistic about it. I I have hopes that this match can produce Becky Lynch has been on and I and will probably disagree on on match quality I don't think especially on pay-per-view she hasn't had a bad match outside of the SummerSlam match which wasn't really a match she hasn't had a bad match since she's come back she has been on quite the role inside the wrestling ring but it has been against Liv Morgan it has been against Bianca Belair it has been against Charlotte Flair I'm interested to see how these two shake out. But yes, I agree with everything you said. This matchup on paper makes no sense. I think this is WWE um, just saying, okay, we're going to give you something different this time around because we don't want Liv Morgan to lose for a third time. And maybe she's a Royal Rumble competitor. I think Bianca Belair will is a, is a competitor for the Royal Rumble, but maybe Becky Lynch costs her that spot, maybe pulls the, uh, the cane, chucking CM Punk out of the ring kind of a thing. And, Becky's the one who eliminates Bianca from there. But again, this is the first step for the question. I'm buying it. This seems to be the direction right now. And until Bailey shows up on my TV screen and wins the Royal Rumble, I'm going to believe that this is the match we're getting because this is the only one that makes sense. Things that did not make sense a whole lot to me that happened on Monday Night Raw. We did get a heel turn and we did have another Women's tag team that split up. You want to talk about things going a little too long. This segment with Rhea Ripley and Nikki A.S.H. went really, really long. It was generic, bad dialogue that was written. They really didn't give them a whole lot to work with. The performers did the best that they could. But at the end of the day, the important thing is that super brutality is no more. Rhea Ripley, the badass, wanted to, to remain friends but go separate ways. And then Nikki A.S.H., gave her a hug, and then kicked the crap out of her. And we had Nikki A.S.H. turning into Nikki A.S.V., almost a supervillain. They pulled the trigger on Nikki Cross turning heel out of this one. Not the direction I saw coming, not the direction I necessarily would have gone, because Nikki turning into a supervillain kind of goes against everything that that character was, you know, supposed to be about when it was first mm. introduced mm. but the way that wwe has booked this character it hasn't worked 
So at least they're trying something different. SP3, mm. I will ask you, how do you feel about Nikki A.S.H. turning heel? Man, this might have been one of the worst character changes in the history of, of the WWE. Honestly, honestly, because like Nikki Insanity, we hadn't had that really since NXT. When she got called up to the main roster, she was still Nikki from Xanity in attire only. Like, she, they put her with Alexa Bliss. She became, like, a freaking sidekick. Early she was on, not doing early any on of the... she had those crazy vignettes. Early on, like, I'm talking, like, the first couple of months that she was on TV. Man, we try not, we try not she... to... Um, no, no, no. Let's, let's try not to remember the vignettes because that reminds me of all the people that got vignettes around that time. EC3, Heavy Machinery, yeah. Lacey Evans. Let's try not to remember that time. But I'm just saying, when as soon as Nikki made a proper stay on the main roster, the sanity Nikki was gone. It was just they kept taking taking layers and layers of that character away to the point that it had to have some type of character change. So they went to Nikki, got her idea. She wanted to do basically the female hurricane gimmick. And people like me tried to tell people like Rick this wasn't going to work. Because WWE can't do baby faces. If they can't do baby faces, how the hell are they gonna do a superhero? How the hell are they gonna do a baby face superhero? Do you, or or how are they gonna do an almost baby face superhero? That means that like they only know one or two ways to book a baby face. The baby face becomes obnoxious because they win all the time and they're very cocky and they talk down to everybody, or the babyface loses all the time, and they become pathetic to the point that they don't get over. And get that sympathy, baby. Get that sympathy. Unfortunately for Nikki Ash, they gave her the hodgepodge of it, where they give you big wins in in the middle of a hodgepodge of that ladder of just having you keep losing to gain sympathy for being almost a superhero because she can't be a full superhero she can't get wins because she's not fully a superhero that's the kind of crap that rick tried to tell me this past summer and i told you this is not gonna work and now we're here in 2022 where nikki ash has to turn heel on Rhea Ripley because that was the only good option to get out of this stupid tag team that should have never been made. Rhea Ripley and Nikki A.S.H. Rhea Ripley is 24, 25 years old. Man, she's got her whole future ahead of her. She could be a babyface. She could be a heel. Do something with her on her own. What the hell did you put her with Nikki A.S.H.? That was a, a horrible idea that just got got booked even worse it's a horrible idea because of the company where the idea is happening i have to also add that by the way yeah um and i i agree with you because when this when this when she first debuted this character i was 100 on board with it because i i looked at that and i go okay a superhero character that could be a lot of fun and yes in my mind, thinking about all of the fun things that they could do with that, all the merchandise that they could sell, the the, the catchphrases that they could do with this. You got freaking Hurricane working back there. Maybe talk to him and get some ideas about how this character could be fun and get over. But at the same time, I thought maybe they could actually book her as a strong character. And they did for a little bit because she did win the Raw Women's Championship. But WWE, to their for some reason... They hate fun things. And yes, you're right. They don't know how to book. They had somebody dress up as a superhero catering to kids. And the first thing that they did was didn't put any merchandise out until like three months after that character debuted. And it was already and two, dead by that point. And two, they were putting her on in the third hour. Guys, kids don't stay up until 10. She when she was Raw Women's Champion, she should have been kicking off every show. She kicked off like two. 
like two. They were kept waiting to put her on TV until the second half of the show. She should have been on first hour every night to get over with the younger audience. If that's the direction that you were trying to go with her, they gave her so many hurdles to try to clear. And it's no wonder that this thing didn't get over, especially with the hardcore audience where it was going to be difficult to get it over with the hardcore audience. They needed to help her. And they just, they, they did everything in the opposite direction. They just kept throwing crap at her and saying, all right, duck this, duck that, duck this, duck that. It should have been very easy in today's society where Marvel is as big as it's ever been to get over a superhero gimmick. And they failed at it. Big time. And that has nothing to do with the work that Nikki A.S.H. did. Have you not been watching this company for the past two decades? What made you think they would do this well? Like... Yo, this is why because I they tell- love money. I thought the no. merchandising alone would be yeah, enough. They, they, they love this. they love money. You know how they get their money? Nick Khan going into an office room and saying, "Peacock, hey, we got all of this. You give us this. Boom, bang, boom. Hey, Fox, we got a TV show every Friday nights. You give us this for TV rights. We'll take this. They did what?" Like, look at the big ideas. Look at the big ideas that have been merch movers. I, I, if you, if you kind of point them out, they're all the ideas of the performer, but they all are from performers that WWE at least give an opportunity to to get over with their with their own ideas and with their own merch. That Becky Lynch and being the man. Uh, the New Day and and all of their different merch moving opportunities. Roman Reigns doing his own thing with the bloodline right now. Those are the merch movers. If it's up to you, you just said that this was all up to WWE to move the merch. But Nikki A.S.H. came up with a character idea. I don't know if she came up with merchandise ideas, but she's not that performer that this company was going to listen to, ever going to listen to. And that's why I tried to tell everybody this wasn't going to work. What was that? What was that phrase that you said at the beginning? Everybody should listen to you. What what was that? Yes. T-I-S. Tis. Tis. Trust in Sid. All that being said, I'm willing to give the super the super villain a shot. I, I think it's something that, again, could be fun. And they do book heels a lot better than they do baby faces. They do. So maybe there's something to go there to, to build off of. Maybe you can get Nikki over as a super villain. And then, hey, the fans are behind her. Then you can turn her baby face again. So that has to be the thought process here. It's a lot better than just having her lose over and over and over and over and over again in hopes of getting sympathy tonight was the strongest that she's looked in months. Yeah. In months. She took down Rhea Ripley. No problem. Since she won the raw woman's title. That's the strongest she's looked. Yes, absolutely. Hell I'll even say since SummerSlam, even though she lost that match, that was a hell of a performance that she had that night. Uh, So Nikki ASH Rhea Ripley, no longer a tag team, which by the way, guys, if you'll uh, look at your roster sheets, that means we have one. Once again, one women's tag team in the entire division. So I really hope the either the forbidden door is open to the inspiration to come up back over or the Bellas have an extended stay. Otherwise, Queen Zelina and Carmella, they're going to suffer the same fate as Nikki and Rhea, where they're just going to sit backstage for, for three months. So you're telling me that uh, Queen Zelina and Carmella should be talking to the Usos because they're really the ones. so damn bad i can't believe i even chuckled at that (laughs) cannot believe i even chuckled at that by the way uh before we get to number five just got to bring this out shout out brock lesnar did the impossible he actually told a funny knock knock joke like i think that is the first time i have ever laughed at a knock knock joke in the history of knock knock jokes great opening segment to monday night raw i'm looking forward to these two just give me a big fat hoss fight I just big meaty men bumping meat. It's going to be great. Who would ever imagine that Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley would be feuding with Paul Heyman and MVP in their corners. And they would be Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar would be the ones cutting the promo. I know. I know. 
Babyface Brock is the best. I hope he never turns heel again. Uh, speaking of big, meaty men, bumping meat, and speaking of tag teams, we have new Raw Tag Team Champions. I was not expecting this at all. It's not like Alpha Academy was being booked fairly strong heading into this matchup, but they did beat RK-Bro last week, which meant they got a tag team title shot this week. Good old number one contenders challenges or matches or whatever these freaking things are called. And not only did Otis get the pinfall to win the belts for his team, but that man pinned Randy Orton clean as a sheet. 13-time or 14-time world champion beat him with a, a splash. That's some, that's some strength right there. That is some strong-ass booking. And this is something that we talked about last week. We, we, we compared the big O's on the show, Otis and Omos, and who has the higher ceiling. So I kind of got to revisit this argument or the, this topic here a little bit because last week it was Omos who got the win over AJ Styles, but now we have Otis pinning Randy Orton. SP3, which is the bigger win, Otis over Orton or Omos over Styles? That's a lot of O's in that sentence. Your opinion? Well, Styles for over the past year has just been the guy that bumps around for Omos. So Omos beating him shouldn't have been a surprise to anyone. The bigger win is Otis over 14-time world champion Randy Randall Keith Orton. I'll, I'll Randy. Call his, we'll call him by his professional name. And it's the fact that RK Bro was so hot as a tag team. Like, they're the most popular tag team in all of WWE today. It seemed like they would just kind of keep riding them. We knew that around this time, they would probably be losing the Raw Tag Team titles because it seems like at WrestleMania, we're going to get a showdown of RK Bro. But this still came as a surprise because... Alpha Academy had lost like every single week before last week. Like they hadn't won a, a tag team match since like the summer or before then or, or something like that. It was some ridiculous stat. Like Otis doing this. I, I know I saw it on Twitter. <laughs> Otis doing this. I'll do my show very, prep while the show is going on. Hang on. Otis doing this was very surprising. It was a shock victory. Alpha Academy getting a big win. And Chad Gable is one of the more prolific tag team yeah. specialists of this era. Winning tag team goals in NXT, on Raw, on SmackDown, with multiple different partners from Bobby Roode to Jason Jordan to now Otis. Uh, I'm happy for him, and I'm very happy for Otis, someone who... Arguably had the worst money in the bank uh, reign of all time. Has kind of revitalized himself and has a spot and wins tag team gold as a guy that was a tag team guy coming up from yeah. from NXT to the main roster and heavy machinery. He does it with Chad Gable here. Congratulations yeah, no, to I, I'm I'm very happy for Otis. I'm very happy for Gable. Uh, I mean, let's not forget. Just a little bit ago, we were we shorty G. Uh, was getting his ass beat by by Baron Corbin every week. Uh, so I had my, I was very skeptical about this team at first, but it works. It works. I can't help but smile every time that Gable just grabs those big cheeks and goes, this is my number one a guy uh, channeling the uh, 1989 Tim Burton Batman movie. Uh, by the way, I did find that stat, Sean Ross at Fifle.com. Of course, he was the one who had it. Uh, they had lost six straight matches together. They had not won a two-on-two -two match together. You said the summer. It was actually March. Oh, my God. According to Sean Rossap. So this was their second win in a row as a tag team since March. And now they are the Raw Tag Team Champions. So bad booking aside, um, yeah, you know what? This, this to me, ups Omos, or not Omos, Otis's stock. Because obviously they saw something in Otis when they made him the Money in the Bank winner. And I do believe that his momentum would have continued, but he was one of the casualties of the pandemic, man. He really needed a live audience, and it desperately hurt him. So much where they put the, the briefcase on The Miz twice just so he could win the title to drop it to Lashley in a week. So that's what they use. They used the Money in the Bank briefcase to put the title on Lashley, but never actually had the briefcase in Lashley's hands. It's actually kind of impressive if you stop to think about it um this is clearly a bigger win for for uh otis i agree with you about styles 
he he doesn't have the the clout um or the the equity that he did back when he was winning WWE championships in 2016 he could very easily get back to that point and hopefully he will soon especially when you look at the slate on smackdown and go hey, they could use some top single stars right now AJ especially Styles. baby faces yeah AJ Styles fits that mold for sure he'll probably lose to Grayson Waller tomorrow night uh, on NXT but We'll talk about that one, by the way, on our NXT uh, post show here on the Believe in Pro Wrestling uh, podcast. But I got to say, this is Otis. This ups his stock to me. This almost makes me want to choose him in the conversation we had last week about who has a higher ceiling. Because if they're going to have Otis pin Randy Orton clean, that's big. But then again, they also had Keith Lee pin Randy Orton clean. And uh, this was a tag team match for the tag team titles. It's a lot different in one-on-one competition, and it's a lot different if, say, there's another championship on the line. And Omos can still win the Royal Rumble, so he will still be the one with the higher ceiling. Yeah. All right, SP3, I wanted this to go under an hour, so I'll give you two minutes here. Tell the fine folks why they should believe in the concept of tis. Why you should tis. Pretty simple. Comes down to two words. No, three words. The Hurt Business. <laughs> I tried telling so many people I used to be on Wrestling Daily. I used to be on True Hill Heat. And people used to tell me the one thing they want back in WWE the most is the Hurt Business. I I was a huge fan of the Hurt Business. I love the Hurt Business. They were the best thing about Monday Night Raw. But when WWE decided to move on, I decided to move on too. Because I, with my little daughter, who is up at 11 p.m. on a Monday, we watch Frozen a lot. And one of the theme songs is Let It Go. Because it teaches you. Sometimes you just got to let things go because the memory is greater than it could ever be again. But people kept asking, kept wanting it. September came. Hurt Business reunited Shelton Cedric. I was there. I was there. Happened in Cincinnati. How it been out Bobby Lashley against the New Day? Everybody got so excited. Oh, the Hurt Business. They took the picture. Oh, they was like, oh, they back together. I'm so happy. They lost to the New Day. They got beat up by Goldberg in Saudi Arabia. And they had candlesticks in their hand. He just, <laughs> get out of here. Then they literally ignored the fact that they reunited for like two months. Before tonight on this show, in passing, not even the most important part of the segment, before Bobby Lashley goes out to confront the real important part, which is Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley got approached by Shelton Benjamin and Cedric. They're like, oh, we're real happy versus Brock Lesnar. We know how happy we are because we reunited the Hurt Business. Like, it's the first I'm hearing about it. Bobby Lashley had the same face. After I said that, he's like, first I heard of this. He's like, we're not together. We, I don't want nothing to do with y'all. I told y'all I don't want nothing to do with y'all. I was like, you see, why did y'all ask for this? They literally did it worse, worse than the last time. The last time was a great, a great formation, great run together. And then it just ended on a whimper. This was a longer three to four to five month whimper that i've ever seen like this is why you don't ask wwe to bring back things they kill because they kill it for a reason and you don't want to see the dead body afterwards (laughs) this was like this was like when shane came back to life in walking dead and then two seconds later he was shot in the head like it was they reincarnated it but it was a it was it was dead dead men walking like clearly they had no plans for this to succeed when, yeah, as you said, they we never saw them together, ever, ever. After Saudi Arabia, we never saw them on the same screen at the same time. Shelt, the, at, at the most, Shelton and Cedric, who, by the way, were feuding before they just showed back up that one day and they never explained how, how or why everything happened. <laughs> they just went out there and wrestled in Hurt Business gear. I don't know if that's because Cedric didn't want to, you know, buy new gear or what. Cause like he just put, remember he just put X's like over the hurt business on his trunks for a while there. Yeah. This was doomed from the get go. Like 
read read the what writing on the wall. Like when they won't even put these boys with Bobby. I don't even consider this a reunion. <laughs> I just think these were. I just think this was the the ex trying to chase down their long lost lover. Like, hey, sorry, the grass wasn't greener on the other side. We're sorry, baby. Take me back. And Lash <laughs> is like, nah, ain't going down. <laughs> Oh man, Shelton and, and Cedric was like the ex, like the ex who just try to get their ex a job after they lose their job because Bobby lost the WWE title. So they was like, "You lost your job. We got we got a new job for you. Be our friend." <laughs> Bobby ain't oh, want that. I ain't no. never asked for that. Oh man, good times, good times, good spirited debate today. We appreciate everybody who listened for. Damn it, the hour. We'll we'll eventually shorten this show down. Sid and I just know how to talk and murder that time, which WWE did quite a Don't bit. Don't worry, tomorrow's NXT. We've spent like 18 minutes. minutes if we go over 18 minutes, we'll talk about Grayson Waller. We may not even have enough stuff to talk about for a five count, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, we already had a special last week. You, we, I don't think we're exit. We should be exit for too much from tomorrow. So we'll keep that to thirty minutes. Thirty. Hey, minutes, who knows? 30. Maybe Russell votes will put out another tweet, and we can kill another thirty minutes. Go. We're good go. at that. We always say we're going to go short, and then we go incredibly long. That's why I'm going to shut up now. Thank you for listening to the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.